What are you lighting there? A match. So I figured I would buy us a, a donut, and I cut it in half, and it's our it's our half birthday. Oh my gosh, 26 episodes of we this. We thought we were going to make it how six, many episodes? Six, six episodes. episodes. We thought we'd be dead at six. We overperformed that, didn't we? We're like one of those uh, NASA space rover things. This is the 4,000th yeah, yeah. day of the 30 day space, mission. Yeah, 30 day mission for opportunity. That's how you should introduce us. You should be like, this is episode number 26 of six. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got to blow these out. All right. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. Quiet, please. What's a golden birthday? The one where you get peed on. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad I was not a relative of yours. <laughs> I had no idea that Three, was a part of things. Two. The Awful Company presents a truly terrible podcast. Welcome to Nonsense, episode number 26. I'm Jeff Parker. And I'm CJ Little. This is our take on the week's business tech and entertainment headlines. This time, we'll look at carbon fiber, 10 times stronger and 5 times lighter than steel. We'll also look at the debate around working from home. Not coincidentally, it's National Work From Home Day. Is there a National Hybrid Work From Home Day? That'd no, be good. that'd be fucking terrible. Yeah, you don't, you're not a fan of the hybrid work from no, home? No, it's like pants. You're either wearing them or you're not. There's nowhere in between. <laughs> it's it. It's simple. You don't put on one leg of pants. You're like, they're fucking hybrid pants. No. And what if you don't wear your pants to work day? That's fine. Well, now we got to talk to HR because there should, there should be thresholds on this. Bob, put on some pants, please. It's also National Camera Day, so you can record Bob not wearing pants. Do people still buy cameras? That's, is that still a thing? I do. Well, I, I know you I'm do. a huge fan. Of, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Canon uh, mirrorless cameras. The mirrorless the cameras? Ones. Yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. I, and I shoot a, a video probably as much as I shoot stills. I just love it. Rip your hard drives is what that means. Now that USB 3.2 exists and you can get a two terabyte drive for under but $200. It's it's amazing. You have this like string of hard drives behind you, full of shit. But they're tiny. They're the little tiny things. It's not the size. Doesn't matter. It's the motion of the ocean. That's what I've heard. That's what I've been told. I keep telling people it's going to be on my tombstone. It's the motion of the ocean. CJ Little. As you get closer, you know, you actually contemplate what you might want on your tombstone. Yeah, is that what you're thinking about? I want mine to say, oh, God, was he old. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I want mine to just say good it's enough. good enough, yes. For good reason. How's your week going? You know what's good? I'm, I'm, I'm back. Yes, uh, welcome back. Know, I haven't, I haven't from, seen your smiley face in, from, in days. Yeah, since travel. Yes, from, uh, from, from Europe. Yes. Here's the thing. Something's going on with these European uh, urinals. What's how are, they, how are they different? They're from all ours? like a foot and a half higher than ours. Oh, so like are, they, are Europeans taller than Americans? No, I think they pee out of their belly buttons. Okay, I don't know how this works. Why are they so fucking tall? Like, there's a dick joke in there that I don't even know if I should make. Like, I don't know if it's like a, if it's a short thing or a tall, but they're all super high. Like, I was literally at one point standing on my fucking tippy toes to pee into a urinal, like my three year old. Were they installed wrong? I'm assuming it's a splatter to problem. reduce splatter. I'm assuming right? it's a sure. splatter problem. I would rather have to risk the splashback of pee than like rubbing my dick on the urinal. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's terrible. I'm not, I'm, this is the part where I tune over I'm, to Smartless. I'm, yeah, totally, I am done with this show. Totally. Or just turn on the white noise show. <laughs> Look, European Union. Really happy about the USB-C thing. Got those on all the devices. Appreciate that. Yes, Thank no, you. that's great. Can we now focus on the urinals? They're too tall. <laughs> on Sunday, what yeah. is that, five days ago? Something like Something that. like that, four days ago. Dodger first baseman Freddie Freeman hit his 2,000th hit. Got his 2,000th hit. 2,000th hit. Yeah, which is really good. That's a lot of career. hits. Not, not in the season, oh. in, the, in his career. Not that'd, in the be, that'd be quite a season. <laughs> be quite a game. <laughs> yeah. Game keeps going forever. Which was so super, 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 oh, mind-blowing. Really cool. Really cool. The Dodger organist, Dieter Rule, the next time that yeah. Freddie came up to be a 
at bat, yeah. he plays the theme song to Space Odyssey. I was going to say, is that a Space Odyssey? And I'm 2001? like, what in the world is he playing? And then I realized, yeah, oh, 2001. That's great. That's it. That's really fun. <laughs> Very clever. I feel like every organ player is just a, a genius smartass that knows all these cryptic references. Dieter is for sure. And if you want to see a really fun thing, go onto Twitter and look up Dieter Decoder. Oh, that's right. And it will tell you yeah, why yeah. Dieter plays, plays what, what he Dieter plays. plays. Oh, that's it's, great. It's fascinating. Cool. Uh, let's get to our headline. Let's do it. Solar panel bails out Texas grid during major heat wave. You know, oh, God, the irony. Yeah. The, oh, irony, the, irony, is, is the irony is thick. Texas is having an amazing, uh, quite a heat wave. It's 118 degrees in Texas, literally right at this minute as we record this. 118 degrees. 118 degrees in Fahrenheit. Parts. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I would, we know what that would be in Celsius. You'd yeah, be you, dead. I don't. I have no idea what would be in Celsius. You're the one that's always claiming the metric system, and then you give me a fucking temperature in Fahrenheit. It's Texas, I'm giving it to you in Fahrenheit. <laughs> in big units. They do not even speak Celsius. <laughs> you you, you can't get through the border. Banned with yeah, Celsius. Banned. Yeah, if you they use Celsius there, you. they kick you out. The more important thing is they tried to pass a law recently where they. Uh, made it harder to connect renewables to the grid. Renewables, not just solar, but renewables of all, sure. all sorts. And they were going to add more gas-generated electricity sure. to the grid. And of course, that would have would have caused even more of the problem. And solar has saved them in this heat wave. I mean, you could still generate power with gas during a heat wave, right? The problem is, the more you create, the more yeah. you know gas. Even though natural gas is fairly not exactly horrible, it's not the worst, but it's not the best. It's, yeah, it's not as bad sure. as cow belches. And sure. Things like that. It still contributes to global warming, which as time goes by, we're going to get more and more of these heat waves and they're going to become more frequent and more intense. Totally. Have you ever seen, as a quick aside, have you ever seen one of the uh, natural gas generators, the, the power plants? Oh, sure. They're just jet engines. Yeah, of course. They're crazy. Of course. They're That's so how cool. it works. Yeah. But uh, don't make any more. No, just stop that. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, turbines, the wind turbines. Why not? It's the best way to get rid of birds. That's a myth. Oh. Yeah, and, and everybody said that, but it actually isn't true. They they have, they have lose almost no birds to those, really? those things. Birds aren't that stupid. This is, this is the problem. It's <laughs> It's physiology. The bird isn't that stupid. It's not going to fly into the It's just a bunch of birds that know they're being like, hey, get the new guy. Tell him to go exactly. fly through the fan. Hey, Jimmy, go, 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 go fly through over there. But my problem is not that. My problem is not that at all. My problem is just it's moving parts. And moving sure. parts, parts break. You know what's great? No moving parts. Yeah. You know what does kill birds? This Cats. Episode. Cats. Yes. And those Sterling engines. There's like one out in the desert in California. What's a Sterling engine? So they're solar farms. Oh, it's the, the, the mirrors that, yeah. that aim it at the... Yeah. yeah and, and the, the bird's the, just like flying along mining well, its own course. shit. And then it gets cooked. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, yeah. Pigeons. I'd be fine with it for pigeons. I'm not a pigeon fan. FTC sues Amazon over deceptive prime signup and cancellation process. Have you seen this? This is not a surprise to me. If you've ever been on Amazon and you've ordered anything and you have, I have an account that doesn't have prime. I have an account that has prime. And I you have two separate accounts. I do. I do. Why? And I actually use both of them for sure. things that I'm not in a rush with. Okay. Yeah. Just, just give it to me on the regular account. I don't want you to make any effort to get this to me quickly. Don't waste anyone's time or okay. effort getting this to me quickly. Send it to me the cheapest, slowest way when it gets to me, it gets sure. to me, that's fine. But that's what I pretend they do. Of course, yeah. that's not even what they do. It rushes it to your curb and then it sits there for three days. I don't know how they, I don't know what's different about it, but it, but more importantly, what I want from Amazon, can I please have this? Just give me a service where I can say, when you fill up the box full of things, yeah. ship it to me. They have that. It's called Amazon Day. What's it literally that? exists. What is that? They, they just, instead of them sending it to you and you order it, they just queue it up and send it to you in a batch. Like Oh, I would week. love that. It exists That's right exactly now. what I want. Wait, hold on. Let's go back. I'll write a strongly worded letter to Andy. Okay. And next week you'll have it. It'll be called Amazon Day. It'll be 
option available in your <laughs> checkout. It's literally in there. There's just 90% of the things I buy from Amazon I don't need that in, a, yeah. in an hour from now. Totally. And they still want to get it to me like yeah. an hour from now. It's, I'm not in that much of a rush. I'm good. I'm organized. It's called, it's, it's called Prime Day. I'm it's totally a thing. Prime Day, I thought, was when they had the specials. They call it your, it's like your Prime Delivery Day. Prime Day is a special thing. Look, yeah. they've got a marketing problem. It's clear to me. Clearly. But they have, <laughs> because they do it, I'll do it. They've I, got a naming I, problem. It's just so funny. I literally do exactly what you're saying. When I'm ordering something, I don't really give a shit when this gets here. Of I don't course. need it now. So I'll put it into the Prime Day. And then every time you do that, they give you like a $2 digital credit to buy I books. don't care about that. Well, I just don't need you, I just don't need you to make that much effort to get it okay. to me quickly. It's not important to me. Well, it exists. I guess I can consolidate my life into one <laughs> account then. Oh, why you'd have multiple accounts? Just, I want it I want it to be this is not important. Don't 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 stress over this. If anybody has anything else they need to do, do it first. Yeah. When you get to this, get to this, it's great. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think they have a bandwidth problem whereby you ordering your whatever, your mustache wax, it's now somehow <laughs> keeping somebody from getting their diapers. Like, I don't feel like you're getting in the way of this, but I appreciate your kindness for that. I just picture these poor employees who who apparently have to pee in bottles because they don't get breaks. Well, first of all, the robots don't have to pee. You don't want the prime day queue up thing. You want the, before you ship this, I want to mandate that somebody gets a pee break. Exactly. You want that's, the pee that's break. That's exactly yeah, what, yeah. And, and by the way, I'll pay for the pee break. Yeah, I can I buy will. a, can I buy pee breaks? So it's going to be great for your golden 50 this mandates oh, someone gets you. to go pee you i just paid for your hours to go pee however long it takes thank you, you card a little pee thing here's you 10 card. minutes to go pee or whatever it is thanks you. yeah let me just check a box and it's t- i give you ten dollars or whatever i give you to pay for the time yeah. it takes for you to go have a nice relaxing pee jessica k in reno fernley nevada thanks you that she could pee yeah. thank you jeff those stories break my heart I, sure. I don't want people working like that certainly not on my behalf the second half of our first year is going swimmingly you haven't seen an account that, that no. doesn't have prime and probably 20 years whatever the the thing where you 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 try to check your your stuff out so you can have it shipped to you Uh it says you know get it here tomorrow and there's a big giant button and there's this little thing that looks like it's grayed out that says don't enroll me in prime or or just ship regularly and it's really hard to know that if you pick the other button it automatically enrolls you in prime double negative but if you pick the little grayed out looking thing you can then get through and somehow and, and it's the same thing in the reverse if you've accidentally signed up for prime it's something like four pages to to of, navigate of, to undo. To navigate to get you it sure. unsubscribed. They literally internally call it the Iliad <laughs> to describe the process the of Iliad. Homer's epic poem, the complex voyage of getting un- internally, they call that's, it that, that's at the Amazon. Mo- that's the most damning thing right there. Right? They call it the fucking Iliad. <laughs> anyway, the FTC is, uh, is, is busting them over both having you sign up way too easily and making cancellation incredibly yeah, hard. Okay. I appreciate this. Can we go look at gyms for a little bit? Can we just take a look at gym, gym membership? Well, it's the same idea. No, it's like a thousand times harder. To cancel the gym? Like, if you're going to go after Amazon. There's a Friends episode about this, I think. Well, I mean, I wouldn't know. I haven't been to a gym in 30 years. <laughs> if they serve donuts there, I'd go in. But I've heard. I read some TikToks. In our case, there's a reason they should sure. make it hard to not to cancel. Be, we should be exactly... I'm in eight gyms. <laughs> That's the gym business model. It is. Totally. That's what I mean. That's terrible. There's not room enough no. in the gym for everyone who signed not. up for the gym. Of what course they, not. What they know you will do is sign up and not show up. And yep. they need you to not show up because they don't have room for everybody. Nope. Amazon will use small businesses to help deliver packages in the U.S. I think this is super interesting. I don't know how I feel about this. I have very mixed not, feelings about it. Go ahead and tell me why you tell me why you think it's interesting. Well, it's the, your local bodega who's going to bring you your the yeah, final mile of your it's package the efficiency delivery. play, right? It's like yeah. if you've got the bandwidth and if you're already going there anyway, anyway, right. then that makes sense to me. Right. But you know, not at the risk of like squeezing everybody else out. But I can see this is. Don't you think there's going to be a lot of people in those bodegas who's like, yeah, I'll get the deliveries tomorrow. Well, yeah, but then they're not going to get them again. That's the great part. You have a, you you sacrifice a small bit for the greater good. 
if Uber didn't have ratings, yeah. Uber would quickly devolve into the taxi industry. Okay. That was the biggest problem with taxis. Is like you got in the car because the individual the driver was, was not was he not didn't rated. Give a shit. Right. So if you start rating people to do these things, and it's like, well, if you didn't deliver those couple packages, that sucks for those people. You got to fix right. it. Then you're never going to use those people again to deliver. One, one of my favorite things about Uber's rating system is that the uh, customer is also rated. Yeah, I love that. Which is really smart. Do yeah. you do you as a driver want to pick this person up? They've done some bad things in cabs before or, or in yeah. Ubers before. I have like a four point eight five, and I'm like, what asshole? Gave me not five stars. Like I want to know. I want to know which one. I want to go back and be like, what did I you do anger, wrong? You angered someone. Clearly. Most people don't know that when your Uber driver offers you waters and mints, you're supposed to offer him a sandwich and a dessert tray. <laughs> so they're estimating Amazon is going to pay about $2.50 per delivery from your local bodega or, you know, whatever your local store is. Okay. They have done this. This is already in existence in Japan and Spain. Okay. And so now they're just testing it out to see if they can make it work in California, New York, and Boston, and I think Washington. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, especially if you can get a twofer in there. With UPS, that's what they're doing all day. That's sure. all they do. Yeah. So yeah. nothing's going to bump them off of their, their schedule okay. for bringing my stuff. Yep. And by the way, I'm the guy who mostly doesn't care, but when I care, I really, really, really care <laughs> when I need something on time and I need it and, and it's urgent and I use that prime account. Yeah. It really does matter to me. Yeah. So course. the fact that somebody at Bob's mechanics and mufflers, whatever <laughs> this shop is, is going to bring me my package is like, wow, can I have a professional do this? Well, what if it's just your, your slow account package? That's not even a problem. I don't, I don't so care. Then you don't care. And those they're going to send me by ambulance. <laughs> yes. Sirens blazing. Because that's what Amazon does. I'm going to spend an extra 200 bucks to have the ship to me with a <laughs> those CHPS are, Those are coming to me by drone. Yeah. This thing, this yeah. thing shows up at your house like it's a president. It's great. <laughs> they block off. It's like a motorcade. They block off the streets. Jeff needs his air fryer. Exactly. Needs it right now. The old one died. This is actually kind of cool. They are still uh, buying about 100,000 Rivian delivery vans. I think Rivian just, um, just signed up for the non-standard, soon-to-be new standard charging adapter. They're the latest... Oh, the, the Tesla adapters. Yeah, the Tesla adapters. Yeah. The NACA. North American charger thing. Is, sure. North American something. charger Whatever thing. it's called. That's what it's called. The North yeah. American charger thing. Yeah, that's great. Getting all your tech advice from the tech show, the North I'm, American I'm charger thing. I'm three quarters thing. of the way there. The NACA. Come yeah, on. You're close enough. You got North America. Good job. You know where you're <laughs> Thank sitting. You. I'm impressed. We're all really impressed. It's cool. I like that they got those to market before anybody else. Yeah. For the truck, I still think if I were to buy an electric truck tomorrow, I'd buy an F-150. Well, there's a lot of history there. You're you're liking that because of a lot of re- other that, reasons. No, not just the history. That's I mean, like that's buying part a Coke instead of buying Bob's soft drink. My, uh, this quick aside, my my brother, who apparently is our floor director today, I didn't even see him in there. He has a new F-150 and the- Gas-powered um, F-150. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dinosaur-powered. On the door, there's like a piece of plastic, you know, like the, the door handle thing, yeah, yeah. trim. And my brother said, he's like, look at that. And I look at it and he's like, does it look familiar? And I'm like, kind of, but I couldn't tell. It had like a pattern on it. Yeah. It's like a black and white roadmap of, of Detroit. Oh, that's I thought cool. was really cool because he and I both grew up in Detroit. Yeah, so that's it's like, really cool. It's like one of those things where you sort of recognize it, but then when he tells you what it is, you're like, oh, makes perfect now sense. I see yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. A little bit of Detroit history. and Billionaire brings Tesla autopilot rebuke. Dan O'Dowd. Dan he's, O'Dowd. He's a software billionaire okay. and, and a vehement critic of Tesla Motors allegedly self-driving technology. Get in line, Dan. Does not like it's, the fact that it's called full self-driving software and it's, what is it? It's L2, right? Is that it's what L2. it is? Yeah. So, so it's really, the name does not match what it is yeah. at all. Yeah. He, he thinks it's extremely dangerous to have this on the road. It should not be on the road yeah. because there are people who believe that totally. it's full self-driving and it's nowhere near full self-driving. Yeah. FTC, why aren't you doing anything about this? It's a great question. Like fully self-driving. That sounds kind of black and white to me. He drives the Tesla Roadster, one of the early Roadsters. The OG one, yeah. And still loves it and that's what sure. he loves to drive and his wife drives like a 2012 tesla model s they're both 
pretty f- perfectly happy with those. They don't have the software. They don't have sure. the, the full self-driving okay software at all. Those. The electric car part of it's great. Yeah, until you're in the water and you can't get out because you don't have to take off the fucking speaker grill to get to the <laughs> wire to pull the thing to open the door. It's all great until that. But it's, oh, com- sorry, go ahead. it's complicated. Go ahead. It is complicated, yeah. <laughs> to exit your vehicle while you're sinking. You're right. It's complicated. <laughs> That's when I want complication. That's when I want a fucking flow chart to appear. Instead of an airbag, there's like a flow chart easel that pops out. It shows, shows you one. how to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, no, yeah. it's great. Yeah, step one, pay your license fee. Oh, you didn't? You're underwater? Oh, sorry. <laughs> step two, meh. Exit as a service. It's literally, it's like, their, it's their <laughs> exit as a service. Did you pay $40? Fuck, honey, do you have the Venmo? <laughs> we're sinking, we're sinking. What are you sinking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Fix the fucking door thing. Okay, enough with the headlines. Up next, CJ is going to talk about carbon fiber reinforced polymers. Tell wow. me it's not, tell me that's oh not God. so. Tell me this is not what you're talking about. It's a new level of nuanced nerdiness for all of us. Let's do it. Are you familiar with carbon fiber? Of course I am. How so? I wasn't born in a barn. Well, you actually were. Close to it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the next building next over the building was, next a, was a barn for sure. <laughs> what do you know of carbon fiber? High level. Through three sentences or less. It's a bunch of fiber, fibers of carbon woven together and put yep. together in some sort of polymer laminate. Yep. Am I anywhere close? Yeah, it's the whole bit. Okay. Great. We're done. Okay, Moving great. On. Uh, okay, so there's been a lot of talk around carbon fiber recently in the wake of the Titan. Yes. Which disaster. I'm assuming every single one of our listeners has, has heard about the Titan of disaster. Course. And my fear is that the public consensus around carbon fiber might be souring, right? And the whole idea of composites. I hope That's not, not the lesson you want to take from no, this. No, of course not. But I think people saw this and like, <laughs> well, the carbon you're fiber miss, failed. You're missing the whole thing. You're missing if... the entire point. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. Ocean Gate had a lot of issues, in my opinion. The Titan was a, a terrible use of carbon fiber, from what I can tell. Yeah. This should have never happened. And it was also expired carbon fiber. They got well, it like on discount from- Yeah, uh, I'll talk about it from and, Boeing. And, oh, you already know this story. I don't even it's know this stuff. Way. Why don't you just go ahead and, t- and I'll shut up. Unfortunately, the CEO was actually bragging at one point. Sound like he was bragging that they got the carbon fiber for the I think it was for the relay the the relay of the uh, of the hull uh-huh. cheap from Boeing because it was quote expired it yeah, was past its right. shelf life that's what I remember yeah carbon fiber itself doesn't really expire okay but the laminate would the polymer right the would polymer expire. would so it's unclear what it it could have just been that they were old fibers that they got cheap could have been that it was pre-pregnant that it had epoxy we don't really know all right let's let's stop and go back and make this make sense to the rest of the world Uh, so what from what i can tell there is no real concern on carbon fiber carbon fiber is still a amazing composite that when used within its design limits super safe Right. And we've been doing this for 30 plus years pretty well. Okay. Challenges. Uh, Ocean Key didn't heed sort of the warnings that they should have. The loud cracking sounds. Well, those would be some of the more obvious ones. That they, that they actually had in one of the previous voyages. Yeah. And yeah. Or, wait, what do you mean one of? I think you mean oh, all of. Is that true in many of them? Yeah. My understanding is when you got into one of these things, they told you to expect this. Oh. So that you weren't And they didn't explain what it. it was, what the cracking was. Yeah. And there are numerous letters written, one from 2018 from an expert in DSVs, deep deep submersible vehicles, uh-huh. who said you must stop doing this until you know what the source of the fucking cracking is. But you know what the source well, of the cracking is. Well, that's kind of what he was implying, but like at least know what it is. It's not like it's a there's a fucking box of Jiffy Pop out there that's popping, like something right, bad right, is right. happening. Anytime so, anytime there's popping and you're in a, yeah, it's bad. You know, not, a not, plane not or a really underwater. Yeah, exactly, totally. exactly. Yeah. I'm going to give you the list of things where you want to avoid sure. popping. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, anything involving travel or high pressure, I think, is generally bad. Perfect. Anyway, but I wanted to start with with simply carbon fiber okay. itself, right? Yeah. 
You've got fibers. They're thin, strong, crystalline filaments of carbon. They're essentially carbon atoms bonded together in long chains. Right. They're like five to 10 micrometers in diameter. So they're super small. Uh They are very popular because they've got high stiffness, high tensile strength, high strength to to weight ratio, um, chemical resistance, temperature tolerance. Like it's sort of this amazing thing. I did not know how they were made. I thought this would be a little interesting for some of our, our super nerdy listeners. They take this spun polyacrylonitrile, uh-huh. commonly called PAN, P-A-N. They heat these filaments to 300 degrees Celsius in the air, which breaks many of the hydrogen bonds, okay. oxidizes them. They then take it and they put it into a an oxygen-free sort of inert atmosphere, so like an argon gas or something, and they heat it to 2,000 degrees Celsius. Wow. Which is crazy, because at that point, you don't want it to burn. Sure. You just want it to turn into carbon. And this is what changes the molecular bond structure to turn it into carbon. And by doing this, you can get something in the neighborhood of like 93 to 95% carbon. Sounds like it's going to be expensive. Oh, it's super expensive. Yeah. But just because a lot of these just because of the process. Oh, to make it. Yeah, right. Now, that's just the fibers. You've got to combine these with other materials to form a composite. Mm-hmm. For example, when permeated with a plastic resin and baked, it forms carbon fiber reinforced polymers. Correct. So that's when we, when, and this is what's confusing is even though these, these CFRPs have a very high strength to weight ratio and they're extremely rigid, they'll sometimes be, be called brittle, quote unquote, uh-huh. because they have no yield strength. Right. And that's different compared to a metal because a metal will yield at some point, right? You will start. To, to bend a metal and it'll permanently deform before it fails. Yeah. This doesn't happen with carbon fiber. It just snaps. There's no yield strength. So you get to when it's the its peak strength and then it fails. So it's perfectly fine. Everything's okay. And then it's Gone. not. And that's a very different different use case. We use these things in all sorts of stuff. You've already mentioned some, like we put them in spacecraft, we put them in aircraft, we put them in race car bodies, something like a current Formula One car is like 80% carbon fiber. Oh, sure. Because right? it's Which so strong and so light. Super strong and super light, right? That's the Te- benefits. Tesla's carbon, they, carbon fiber body panels or no? only carbon fiber I know in production cars was the BMW i3. The i3 had a carbon fiber structure, crash structure, I think. Okay. Smart car may have used one as well. And have you ever picked up like a large carbon fiber item? No. It'll break your brain. My first How time- How light it is? Oh man. It, yeah. it, it feels like you're picking up air is the only way I can describe it. The first time I saw a racing car seat that was all carbon fiber, yeah. you pick it up and it's like you can pick it up with half of a finger. You don't realize how light it is and you yeah. jerk and, it up into the air. And it, you're just like, wait, I don't yeah. understand. And it's a whole structure, but it's just, it's just carbon fiber, right? That's cool. You already touched on this though. It has a higher cost than any other materials. So in a comparison between steel and carbon fiber, you're talking about carbon fiber being 10 to 12x more expensive. Yeah, I was just, I was guessing some just because yeah. of the process you were yeah, describing. Totally. But the prices come down because you're talking about 20 years ago, this stuff was like 35 times more expensive than using steel. Okay. So it's getting it's getting cheaper, certainly, but it's still a lot more expensive. Here's what's important, and, and I think this is related to the, the Titan disaster. There are many factors to achieve required strength in a carbon fiber part. One thing that's super confusing about this, the carbon fiber itself is called carbon fiber. Sure. The carbon fiber polymers are commonly referred to as carbon fiber. So really when Which people it's say not. it's not, they aren't. But, but that's what people normally call they it. They are neither carbon nor fiber. It is carbon fiber and a polymer. Yeah. So it's both. For the sake but of the this. Po- but the polymer is neither carbon nor fiber. Nor fiber. Yes, right. of course. Usually it's an epoxy. Yeah. For the sake of this conversation, when I say carbon fiber, I typically mean the carbon fiber in epoxy. Yeah. Because the carbon fiber itself are just a bunch of, of strands that don't do you a lot of good. And so you lay them down in some sort of weave and then put it in some, side of, some sort of epoxy. Right. So what's important is that if you want to uh, achieve sort of the required strength in a carbon fiber part, you need to manage the orientation of the fibers process you use to lay down the fibers. Uh-huh. You'll commonly hear wet layup versus prepreg. Uh-huh. And those are two very different things. Wet layup is where you're taking sheets of carbon fiber weave, you're putting them in a mold, and then you're applying the epoxy manually. Okay. Way cheaper to do it that way, yeah. but you don't get any sort of consistent ratio where if you want a desired 50-50 or 70-30 ratio between carbon fiber and epoxy. Prepreg are sheets that you buy that already have the epoxy in them. Okay. So that's much better, way more expensive, but you get a stronger Yeah, all I'm hearing part. when you're saying either one of these things is cost. Yeah, totally. Tons of money. 
uh, you can achieve a greater strength. And this is something I did not know until I, I researched this for this segment. You can achieve a greater strength relative to weight by using a material in between two layers of carbon fiber. You will typically see like, you'll have like a wood or a foam in between it. And the reason this works is because imagine you have like a big sheet of carbon fiber, right? You've got uh-huh. carbon fiber with a balsa wood or something in between it. And then another sheet of carbon fiber underneath that. Okay. When you try to deflect that, you try to push down in the middle, the top sheet will go into compression the bottom sheet will go into tension. Okay. And that's what you want. That's where you're getting, you're getting your strength from tension in the carbon fiber. It's commonly not just, if you want something super strong, just carbon fiber through and through, you'll put some substrate it's a layer in the of some sort yeah. of substrate. Yeah. And this becomes important when we think about um, how this worked in deep submergence vehicles, right? Or DSVs. And you probably saw earlier this week, James Cameron talk about how he felt carbon fiber is a terrible material to use in DSVs. And this is part of the reason why. Yeah. You know, carbon fiber on itself, tons of benefits. The composite has a density that's two times less than aluminum, mm-hmm. almost five times less than and steel. If you have a carbon fiber component, you need like 42% of the weight relative to the same piece in aluminum, sure, the same amount of sure. steel. So it's much, much lighter. It's like you can reduce the weight of a steel part by over 80%. That's amazing. So that's why you see these things used in, in places where typically you don't want to have a lot of weight, aircraft, spacecraft, things like that. I also didn't know this, that it has a very low, it's, it's a terrible heat conduction. I didn't know it's that. It's bad at conducting electricity as well, I But believe. it does conduct electricity, but, but usually poorly, depends on how you lay the fibers. You can get it to oh, conduct, okay. but yes. But it's a very good heat insulator. So that was something that was new to me. And it has almost no heat expansion, six times less than aluminum. So it's a pretty, pardon the expression, solid material, but it has some design challenges. As I mentioned earlier, it has no elasticity because it doesn't yield. Yeah. Most metals, like I had mentioned, you know, steel and aluminum, those that they'll yield, they'll bend. You can see them fail. You can yeah. see if you're putting too much weight on the thing, you're like, oh, that chair it's is bending. now. It's going to fail soon. That's a bad thing. Carbon fiber, not so much, right? When it goes, it goes. And there's no deformation. So that's why a lot of people will call it brittle. You'll hear it quote unquote called brittle. Uh-huh. This was a big deal for Boeing during the development of the 787. The 787 Dreamliner has extensive use of composites and carbon fiber throughout it. Something like 50%, I think, of a, of a 787 is composite. So they spent a long time making sure that these would be crashworthy relative to their their metal counterparts. And while the carbon fiber strands themselves are pretty durable, that's not enough because the polymer you need to worry about as well. And those yeah, polymers yeah, will yeah. break down over time, right? From elements like UV, water, those are, are real issues. You need to keep that structure intact so that it doesn't delaminate because by itself, those individual layers aren't nearly as strong as the whole piece. Right. right? That's why you have like that, that substrate in the middle. So you need to ensure the strands are staying intact. If they're failing, you've got a ticking time bomb on your hands. Yeah. This is, I think, ultimately what we saw with, with a Titan. Now in the world of, of deep submergence vehicles or DSVs. We've been doing this for a long time. And I'd like to talk about these on a, on a future episode. The Trist, which I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, it's Italian, reached over 35,000 feet into the Mariana Trench in 1960. Mm-hmm. So this has not been something new to us. But that pressure sphere was a seven-foot sphere made out of five-inch thick steel to withstand the 18,000 PSI or, or about 1,200 atmospheres of pressure. Crazy. Crazy. Which is just madness at yeah. that depth, right? Metal is the tried and true way to build these things. We've been doing it for 60 plus years, but at that scale, it's not buoyant. And that's the problem with making them out of metal is when you make something that size with that thick of metal, it requires a large float in order to make it ascend. Right. And with the, with the Trist, they used a giant tank full of gasoline to make it float, which is pretty crazy. Ooh, that's wild. Because gasoline basically doesn't compress. Right. So right. you can make a thin wall tank but it's lighter than it's lighter than water. Right. It's actually a really cool design. It had this giant float on top that was full of gas. And the way they got it to go down is they had um, hoppers full of iron pellets uh-huh. and they were held shut with an electromagnet. Yeah. So if there was a power failure, electromagnet would pop open, it would drop all the iron pellets and it would automatically ascend. Cool. And that was, again, 60 years ago, right? So yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I like engineering. Unfortunately, the folks at Ocean Gate, I don't think that. Okay, so that brings us to the Titan, which leveraged carbon fiber to achieve neutral buoyancy. That was the main reason for using carbon fiber is they could get a lighter ship that would uh, be neutral 
really buoyant. Yeah. They didn't have to have this giant float. Also make it easier for them to move it around, take it in and out of the water, smaller support vehicles. Mm. As I mentioned now already two or three times in this segment, carbon fiber doesn't yield, right? It's not going to tell you much before it fails. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the use of carbon fiber is what ensured its demise from the start. This was the biggest mistake. Yeah. Now, it makes a lot of sense on paper to use it for reasons to not have to have a giant float, smaller things, sure. sure. But as it turns out, the engineering doesn't really work. So James Cameron was right. Oh, uh, James Cameron was, was 100% right, I believe, yeah. about this. I mean, I don't think there's any way you can get around that. And that's a guy who's who's dived the Titanic 30 times. Sure. I think, I, I think you can reasonably say he personally has done it more times than that vessel, oh, probably. which is sure. kind of crazy. It's fun to have infinite money. You have to adhere several materials in, in this. You have you have the carbon fiber, you've got then titanium that's adhered to the ends of the, the carbon fiber. That could have been one of the failure points. Okay, right? sure. Um, anywhere you have a joint. Anywhere you've got a joint, right? Especially between materials. Always. Also, the stresses this thing was under appear to have caused significant damage from every single dive. First-hand witnesses would say, oh, you'd hear this like cracking on the way down. Every crack you hear is a carbon fiber strand That's the breaking, belief, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it got so bad to the point where supposedly Ocean Gate would tell their passengers, oh, by the way, we can hear a lot of cracking on the descent. The fabric equivalent of that is a strand of, of thread in that, that yeah, fabric exactly. is bursting. Exactly. That's so I, the more that happens, the weaker everything is getting. Every time I leave the hometown buffet, that's what my sweater does. I just feel <laughs> exactly. a couple sweaters, just a couple threads just going ping, ping. So this is this is terrible, right? I mean, you had people writing letters as, as near as four or five years ago yeah. saying, hey, you need to get to the bottom of this before you keep diving. And this thing wasn't certified. Nobody ever run through it. They're just like, ah. Because it was on international waters is that why it didn't have a regulatory body that's a bullshit answer right i mean osha guidelines were written in fucking blood for a reason yeah. right i mean we didn't have fire escapes until we had a factory fire in new york right that's what got us sure, fire sure, escapes sure. but you're so, more than 12 miles out so it's you're in international yeah, yeah, waters totally. so who governs that nobody right i mean but you would hope the fucking company you'd, itself you'd hope they comply with standards yeah, yes. would be just reasonable and this of is course. another thing that I've, I've come to discover on this is th this these deep sea vessels, it's a very small community. We're not talking about hundreds of thousands of people. I think you're talking about like single digit thousands of people. Who get in these things. Well, just the whole who you know, the community them. who operate and build them. Yeah. So it's a small group and you'd think they'd all want to play nice. You'd think. It looks like here they were, you know, trying to trailblaze a different path. So there's a nice analog to some other... I don't know, car companies that we talk about yeah. who may or may not be doing things well within the rules. Taking shortcuts that are costing which, people lives. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's problematic, certainly, as we've seen here. I can tell you a couple things. I'm not going down in a carbon fiber right, SV, right. no matter what. Now, would I go down in one that's made out of like steel that we've been doing for 60 years and go, got a pretty good track record? Yeah. Sure. But I also have no desire to go down three miles to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Like, it's cool. Just show me the video. Well, I'm happy to take is, a robot. This is what I'm going to say about this is what I'm saying about the whole thing. We don't need tourism. Totally. To the Titanic. It's We're like you, really, really good at yeah, telepresence. Totally. And you know what? It's completely safe. No human life is yeah. at risk. If we, you know, destroy a few semiconductors, we're all we're all gonna be okay. We're we can okay. we're we can okay. make more of those. Yeah. TSMC we, can knock us out some more. We know how to fabricate those. Yeah, it's sure. okay. Yeah. Let's not send anyone into harm's sure. way. Let's not sling meat up at planets totally. that we could do through telepresence. Sure. There's no reason to send human beings or any other animals. Let's sure. not let's not send dogs and monkeys either. Any to, on any of these adventures. That's absolutely crazy. In the hull of this makes my mind explode in the hull of this thing they were looking at a monitor a computer monitor and that's what they were looking they had a screen yeah. you could have literally been on the on the land looking at a camera that was well, down there if you yes. it was really important to, for you to see what's happening in the titanic right this minute 
Totally. If that's what you wanted to see, we could drop a camera. Otherwise, we could cut together a lovely film of the highlights of all the camera trips I we've made down there. Put them in the fucking sub, put the sub down about 100 feet, and then on the screen, just play a rendering of the Titanic. Fantastic. Even right? better. You get the experience. It's even just better. Like going let's, to the... let's put them in a nice chair. Yeah. They, they don't even totally. pretend to be in a sub. Yeah, but it's like the California Adventure thing, right? The soaring over California. <laughs> like, I want to feel like I'm flying around, blow some scented sure. air, right? I want to smell the Ooh, if you're catering getting, truck. If you're getting scented air inside of a submarine, you've got a problem. <laughs> That's uh, Sal behind you. Yeah. <laughs> you're sitting too close to your cabin yeah, mate. Totally. Uh, all right. Up next, Jeff's going to talk about going back to the office. Hooray. Aren't you glad to be going back to the office? No one under the age of 60 wants to go back to the office. All right. Let's discuss that. War, I tell you, war. As we said at the top uh, today, it is National Work From Home Day. Last month, Amazon employees staged a walkout over Amazon's mandate to return to the office. Do you have a side on the, of this nasty fight? Yes. Work at home, not work at home? Yes. Do you want people to go back to the office? Do you want everyone to go back to the office? Uh, generally speaking, it depends on, on which industry you're talking about. Yeah. But typically, this conversation is around sort of the information tech, no, the, the information industry, right? Like, well, it's hard for Uber drivers to work from exactly. home. You're, right now, we don't have plumbers that can work from home quite sure. yet. For Folks and there are some industries where you can, but it's really hard. Like if you're a first grade teacher, sure, it's really hard to Absolutely. do that from home. Absolutely. But they can kind of do it. Yeah. No. So I think typically if we just focus in on what most people are talking about, sitting at desks with a keyboard, having interactions, you know, in a conference room and a whiteboard. Banking. Generally speaking, especially when you change your culture. Huh? Uh, work from home. Your, your corporate works. culture. Your corporate culture. The company's culture. Not, right? not that you're suddenly buying Thai food instead of Mexican. No, that sounds lovely, though. I'm hungry now. Thank you. Uh, you. There's a lot of people who disagree with you. Martha Stewart wants people to get out of the house. She urged workers to return to the office full time, and she's on a rampage to get that done. She says, you can't possibly get everything done working three days a week in the office and two days remotely. So, okay, that's hybrid, right? What she's talking about there is that hybrid model. Yeah. I would argue the hybrid model is the worst possible version. Tell me why you think that. Because the, the bits that I've read about folks in a hybrid model, especially where there's no clarity on when, it's yeah. so like these folks be like, hey, just work in the office some three days out of the week. Well, if you're in the office for Monday and Tuesday, mm -hmm. but I'm not, and right. then you got to schedule Now we meeting. don't encounder each other. Well, but now you're just doing the same shit. You've just come into the office to have your Zoom meeting with me who's at home. Right. So like that hybrid model is just the absolute worst. But maybe I schedule my department. We work on so that's the, that's Monday the through Tuesday, Wednesday. Is they say like everybody be in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right. or whatever it is. I still think that's problematic because if you think about people's lives and how they're going to make that work, that is super difficult now. Especially Especially if you've got kids or a family or anything else, it just does not work. Uh -huh. So I really think you've got to pick one or the other. Get rid of the hybrid model. Either you're working remote and you're a remote first company, or you're just saying, nope, we're in the office every day doing this like we've been doing it for I, 60 years. I'm not years. positive I agree with that, but we'll move on and we'll come back sure. to it. How's that? Okay. Martha Stewart even took a few shots at France to make okay. her point, accusing the nation of not being industrious enough. Look at the success of France with their stupid, you know, off for August, blah, 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 she said. It's not a very thriving country. Should America go down the drain because because people don't want to go back to work. First of all, Martha, I don't I don't think that's our biggest challenge right now with <laughs> keeping us from going down the drain. Yeah. I mean, thanks. Also, have you talked to the people in France? They like, like taking August. It turns off. out that by, actually by works the way, pretty we well. all take half of December off. Yeah. I mean, literally half of not, December. Not, not, I've always argued from like November 20th until January 3rd, nothing happens. Pretty much except unless you work in retail, retail then or, you're fucked. Yes, and yeah. in which case you kill yourself. Yep. Half of this country has to work their butts off yeah. so the other half can, you know, sit, sit around, around and do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. And also France 
is the 23rd highest GDP in the world. Yeah. The U.S. Is, on their ass the US is number seven, but it's yeah. not that huge of a spread. Sure. There's 205 countries or whatever there. There's is. also more to life than GDP. Correct. J.P. Morgan Chase's Jamie Dimon, another supporter of returning the office, says, you have to look at the flaws of the Zoom world. It doesn't work for an apprenticeship program. It doesn't work for spontaneous stuff. It slows down honesty and decision making. At home, you tend to say, okay, let's pick this up tomorrow. Which, by the way, I remember saying that a lot at the office. <laughs> sure. Totally. We're going to circle back to this on yeah. Thursday. It was yeah. no different. Sure. Uh, a lot of people on home, uh, at home on a call are texting each other, sometimes saying what a jerk that person is. Oh, yeah. That never would happen in the office. <laughs> Here's the thing about this. I and don't remember any of that being different at the office versus this, at home. This is the, the, These are such terrible comments, right? I've, I've said, I, do th- I do think he's right about apprenticeship. I do think that actually does make a big difference if, you're, if you can mentor somebody or sure. if you want to be mentored. It does help to be in the same location. Yes. And you can still be in the same location. I mean, having built several remote only teams. Sure, sure. You don't just say like, I'm never going to see you. The ones that have done the best job of this, they schedule in-person time that's focused in-person yeah. time, right? So my favorite examples are ones that will take, and usually once or twice a year, they'll bring the whole company together for around a week or a week and a half. Yeah. And it's the most productive time possible. And then in smaller groups, they'll get together like maybe every couple months, every month or two. There are incidental things that if you are mentoring somebody that they're just going to catch on the fly. They just, sure. this just happens to come up and they happen to be with you so they get to sure. witness how you behave in that it's situation. It's still that needs to be done in the flesh, right? That doesn't have to be IRL. But you, but a lot of times they won't see it otherwise. Sure. Well, but you can still have... I need my kid to see me when I program. I need to see him to see me not remember a certain function or how to do sure. a certain thing so that he sees me look on the web to figure, oh yeah, that's how it's done. I, I now think, I remember to look it up. And because he sees that, he goes, oh, okay, I but, can do that. That's great. I think programming is the is the best example of how apprenticeship works better remotely than together. Because but if you, he doesn't see that if he's not sitting next to me. You have a screen share? Doesn't yeah. mean they're not sitting next to you. I'd argue you could see it better sitting remote. And then you have this whole argument of like, well, they're not focused and they're not at work. Really? You think people aren't watching cat videos, Jamie, on your fucking company internet? Oh, for like, sure, for sure. For sure they're doing this shit. Just because they're in the seat doesn't mean they're actually doing the work that you want. If you're judging the output of your staff based on how much time they spend in the office, you're a terrible fucking manager. Right, that's not telling that's you That's not the mechanism, right? And then when you go, well, I like these people. I want them to be happy. Why are they in the car for an hour and a half each way? Right. Why are they right. spending an hour in the subway? I, I would I would argue if it were at our age, you and I, if we were going to say hire a writer for this show, which I would sure. never want to do. I'd use an if, AI. No, you'd get horrible, horrible scripts. And you're going to argue that and we'll come no, back. No, today put, I get put, horrible put, scripts put, in the future. Push pin in that. We'd hire somebody who, who doesn't need apprenticing. Somebody who's really good and sure. who just can get sure. the job done and we don't have to sure. think about it. But if we ran a company that wrote needed, scripts. Yes, if you, if, you, if you needed to hire a ton of these people, you would need to have some sort of apprenticeship program. If I wanted to build a workforce to do it, if I wanted to hire a ton, I'd just go hire a ton. But like if you're building, a, like my world just comes from development. If I'm building a development team, I can still have apprentices remotely. Yeah. I just, I need to fold them into the mix because you don't want a whole bunch of senior engineers doing a bunch of easy level one work. Of course. Bob Iger, the return CEO of Disney, said that he believes work at home can lead, can lead to isolation and a lack of cohesion among employees. I 100% agree with that, which is yeah. why you have to change your culture, right? You've got to include other things to prevent this from happening. If you just say everybody sits at home, then of course this is going to fucking happen. Once a month, they all come in at night and go to Disneyland. <laughs> totally. That's what Bob should do. Sure. Just, well, they just close it. Everybody if you only, had, you only had a place where you could, you could everybody gather and yeah, have a good time. fun where you could hang out. Sure. Yeah. And you have drinks. Everybody can show up in the rainbow. <laughs> Arvind Krishna, the CEO of IBM, says work at home can be distracting and that it can be difficult to build a relationship with certain colleagues when you're not working in the same place. Yeah, and there is a certain amount of relationship building that happens just from seeing somebody day to day. Sure. I do think there are certain kinds of work where apprenticeship does help if you are next to somebody for a period of time. But you also have like this argument of you build relationships because you're in the same place. I would argue the vast majority of people don't know the person they're sitting next to in an office space. 
they just like, we are in different departments, right? Don't talk to them. Like, it's not like the whole company is. No, but there is someone who probably they are assigned. In the case of like, if you're in a law firm, all of, all of the associates, the young associates, they actually see and interact to some degree with the lawyers that they're working with on yeah. cases. And so they learn a lot about sure. how that lawyer behaves yeah. in various situations. And, and they I think can, that's really useful. But they can totally see how the partner pads the time stats remotely. <laughs> okay. You don't have to see that in person. Oh, that's how you commit the felony. I understand. Exactly. You just round everything up to the nearest 25 hours. Check mark. For law in general, it's all incentivized completely incorrectly. Sure. Horribly incentivized. David Richner, the CEO of Lyft, has said that he believes work at home can lead to burnout and that it can be difficult to maintain a healthy work-life balance when you're not working in a traditional office that's, setting. That's just comedy to me. Of course it could be that. So could being in the office. Like You it's can burn true. yourself out in the office, you say? Of course. Yeah. It's like none of these well, are... Well, there is there's that whole thing of I'm at the office, I'm not at the office. I get so that. There is a certain amount of, of physical divide sure. between your work life and your personal at life. At 4.50 p.m., I'm going to put a timer on your computer that says in 10 minutes, I'm shutting it off. Yeah. Then at 5 p.m., I shut it off. Okay. Now you're not at the office anymore. <laughs> Problem solved. Well, no, because somebody it's going to text you and you're still going to respond on your phone. Your phone's also Don't off. do that. Yeah. I mean, this is why in France, this, is, this is why in France, that's illegal. Sure. You can't text employees out of office hours. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's actually against the law. Interesting. In some cases, I don't think additional productivity is, is worth the loss of humanity. Well, yeah, it's a balance, man. It's totally a balance. Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, has said that he believes work at home is not sustainable and that employees should be required to return to the office. Mm, no comment. Meanwhile, Sheryl Sandberg, the former COO of Facebook, has been a vocal advocate for work at home. She said that working from home can help improve productivity, reduce stress, and increase employee satisfaction. Yep. I remember you and I, yeah. in our younger days, would stock the fridge with, what was the green, super caffeinated drink for the programmers? We literally <laughs> would, would try to make it so that they would never go home. I mean, gave them every service imaginable. Well, just, just made being there the most... Pl- first of all, we had nowhere to go. Right. Ping pong tables and just yeah. made... And, and what a horrible, horrible... What's the green drink called? Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So short-sighted. In hindsight, totally. we should have locked the doors at 5 p.m. and said, that's, get out. That's actually not my Go favorite. have a life. Go meet girls <laughs> or boys or whatever it is you like. Sure. Go buy meet a people. dog. Whatever yeah. it is makes you happy. Get out of the office. Don't be in the office. <laughs> Come back tomorrow in the morning and we'll pick it up again. Sure. If you want a long-term employee, exactly. force them to have this is lives. My, this is my favorite quote. Good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. Yeah. We had to do those things in order to get our experience to then be like, oh yeah, this actually isn't the best Yeah, answer. in hindsight, that was a horrible idea, but but we didn't think that. I, I uh, About 20-ish years ago, I had a guy that worked for me who was super nice, super, super smart engineer. I didn't hire him. The guy he worked for worked for me. I, I was talking to him one day and I was like, we talking about the lunch, like he'd been working there for months, just making conversation. And I found out that he had an hour and a half commute one way. Oh. And I literally said, the next words on my mouth were, I was like, okay, well, starting tomorrow, you yeah. work from home. Oh, please. At least two days a week. Right. And he That's was, three hours he of your life you're going to get back. And he was like, oh, okay. And then his boss came to me uh, a couple days later and said, uh, he thinks you're firing him. No. And I was like, no, I'm not. He doesn't have to sit in the car. He's like, but he likes being in the car. He listens to books on tape. And I'm like, well, you can listen to those at home. I don't right. give a shit. Like, it was just this this madness of expectation of people coming to the office. I've crazy, always been crazy. opposed to this. Again, I'm going to say, there's some junior level employees where I think it does it is useful for. Mark Cuban, the billionaire investor and owner of the Dallas Mavericks, said most jobs can be done from home. He's argued that working from home can save businesses money and improve employee morale. Now, that's something we haven't talked about. It actually can save businesses money. For sure. It actually is cost effective if uh, if you can make it work. Ariana Huffington, the founder of the Huffington Post, has said that working from home can help reduce burnout and improve mental health. She's advocated a four-day work week and yeah. other flexible work arrangements. So, and and again, if you want to have a long-term business exactly. and you want to have a long-term relationship, churn is the enemy of business. Yep. You yep. need your employees happy yep. and healthy. And that's people first, man. She's a hundred percent right. Yep. The work from home trend is a vestige of the pandemic, of course, and is either over or still booming, depending upon which 
statistics you rely on. Sure. People that tell themselves they love their commute, one of two things is true. Either lying to themselves. Yeah. Or... They have little kids at home. One of the two. Or or a spouse that they don't want to be around. Well, okay. I, I used to know a guy who ran a TV show. He was a writer and he would keep everyone there until two o'clock, three o'clock. Just to go home. Because he didn't want to go yeah. home. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. It just was a horrible way to, to treat people. Yeah. The nice thing about work from home is the opportunity for workers who might not otherwise be available. Yeah. Like disabled people or people sure. who have to take care of their children or yeah. elderly ones, parents yeah. or things like that. And who want to be there totally. for their children or their elderly parents. Yep. Don't want to have to have some so, other caretaker come do that. This so is that, the, that actually is great. You actually need to remember, especially in a big company like uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, sure. you ha- could have some very valuable employees you're leaving on the table of course. if you're not able to include yep. those to- and, sorts of people. And that's why I'm always cautious to talk about this too loudly, because that's the secret superpower. You can find folks that are great that have no interest in going to an office. Yes. And they are willing to... to, to participate in a project and do excellent work to not have to do that. That's a selling trade. And in conclusion, oh. the smart companies in 2023 might not look like the neat rows and desks in Billy Wilder's The Apartment. Some of us need to go to the office and be mentors, maybe. Some of us will benefit from being mentored. Others can be equally valuable working from home. The key is always to be thinking about how we can be the most valuable to those around us. For sure. Add maximum value. All right, we have to get out of here, but quickly before we do, have you seen or read anything good this last week? I have. Uh, as you know, I've never been a big consumer of podcasts, no. which I know is weird because I don't have a commute. I don't spend time in, the car. in a place yeah. where I can do that. Um, I am trying those. I try to understand better this landscape. I try to listen to maybe a couple hours a week, but that's about to change. Oh, wow. About how, why is that about change? You're going to be because driving somewhere? I am super embarrassed to admit this, but I just discovered the Acquired podcast oh, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. These guys are super dorky. It's yes. all business history. And I've listened to like it's 30 tech, minutes. It's tech business, right? It's, I, it's I don't think I've heard anything business. that isn't tech. But it is great. Like yeah. it's absolutely lovely. There's a ton of great podcasts. And because There's was, so many I was driving podcasts. my kids back from from where we, you know, we left them uh, while we were in Europe and I had some time to kill while the kids were, were napping. And so I put on some podcasts and I acquired has been on my list for a long time. And I listened to like, literally I'm 30 minutes in on one of their three hour podcasts. And I'm like this, I'm just getting pelted with it's information. The, just the best. And I absolutely love it. So what about you? The Bear season two, a brilliant young chef from the fine dining world returns to Chicago to run his family's sandwich shop, The Beef, after his brother's suicide. This season, they turned The Beef into The Bear, a fine dining establishment. Mile a Minute pacing with Jeremy Allen White, Eben Moss Bachrock, Amy Elliott, Oliver Platt, and Maddie Matheson, by the way, who actually is a real chef in real life, but plays a handyman on the show. <laughs> the one character who has nothing to do with food. Genius. How do you get casted in that? <laughs> Absolutely genius. He's perfect in the role, too. Do you want to read for the chef part? No, no, no. I'll take the handyman. See it on Hulu. It's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. I'll check that out. That's the episode. Thank you for joining us for all this nonsense, a truly terrible podcast from The Awful Company. Visit us on the web at nonsense.productions. I'm Stuart Little. I'm Jeff Parker. If you like this program, please follow, download, subscribe, and like at Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or our favorite, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcastindex.org. Special thanks to our floor director, Scott Little. Oh, thanks, Skippy. We'll be here every Thursday morning for more nonsense. Please join us. We've been doing the end for 26 times. We think eventually we'd get it. Nope.